step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The Financial Exchange is produced by Money Matters Radio and is hosted by employees of the Armstrong Advisory Group, a registered investment advisor that provides investment advisory services. All opinions expressed are solely those of the hosts, do not reflect the opinions of Armstrong Advisory or anyone else, and do not guarantee profit. Investments can lose money. This program does not offer any specific financial or investment advice. Please consult your own financial, tax, and estate planning advisors before making any investment decisions. Armstrong and Money Matters Radio do not compensate each other for referrals and are not affiliated. This is the Financial Exchange with Chuck Zada and Paul Lane. Your exclusive look at business and financial news affecting your day, your city, your world. Stay informed and up-to-date about economic and market trends, plus breaking business news every day. The Financial Exchange is a proud partner of the Disabled American Veterans Department of Massachusetts. Help us support our great American heroes by visiting DAV5K.Boston and making a donation today. The DAV5K Boston is presented by Veterans Development Corporation. This is the Financial Exchange with Chuck Zotta and Paul Lane. Kicking things off in the 11 o'clock hour, we've got the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 164 points, about half a percent. S&P 500 up 21 points, about half a percent. NASDAQ is up 74 points, about half a percent. So we're, we're pretty consistent there, which is nice to see. It's, it's good to see everything moving along. we got the 10-year Treasury selling off a decent chunk today, actually, up nine basis points, back up to 453 after a big move down yesterday. Remember, prior to yesterday, the 10-year was north of 4.6, actually. We, we closed on Friday, I believe, uh, somewhere around 4.63. So even with this move back up, only retracing about half of yesterday's drop in yields just because it was such a significant move down there. We've also got oil on the move. It's down 99 cents a barrel to 77.27, so still hanging out in that mid to high 70s range. AAA national average for gas prices down another cent to 3.34 a gallon, so we're continuing to see gas prices falling with now only nine days to go, actually eight days to go until Thanksgiving. So that is uh, surely welcome news for a lot of families who might be filling up on the road to uh, some turkey in about a week or so. And then we've also got gold prices. They are up sixty cents an ounce to nineteen sixty-seven and ten cents, holding pretty steady in that high nineteen hundred range at the moment. Paul, we got retail sales data this morning. It came in with a decline of point one percent. Expectations were for a decline of point one to point three, but we also saw that the previous number was revised upward further to uh, 0.9%, and so this decline is actually coming off a higher baseline. So overall, continues to point towards U.S. consumers just spending a bunch of money on retail stuff, and the trend from the last couple months of increases may be plateauing now, 
but still not any kind of meaningful drop. No, this report, I believe the estimates, Chuck, were for 0.3% on the uh, this month. That's what they were anticipating. So slightly less than the decline that they had anticipated previously. But if you combine that with the increase for September, consumers still staying quite resilient. In terms of some of the earnings reports that we've seen, and we'll cover one in just a moment with Target, but Target, Home Depot, other retailers out there indicating that consumers are peeling back. I do feel like that is just sort of lip service that most of these companies tend to provide when they do their earnings report to perhaps lower the bar for future quarters. But they are suggesting that these bigger ticket items, consumers are holding back a bit. So perhaps we'll see a bit of a plateauing on future retail sales reports on the heels of that. It, uh, it seems to be a lot of housing-related stuff that mm-hmm. is, is slowing. Furniture and home furnishing stores down 2% according to this report for the month, now down almost 12 for the year. Building material and garden supply stores, Home Depot, down a third of a percent, down 5.6% for the year. Again, those are the kinds of areas where you're seeing meaningful declines. When you look at you know electronics up 0.6% for the month, food and beverage stores up 0.6% for the month, health and personal care stores up 1.1%, clothing was flat, sporting goods down 0.8%, I guess, uh, Patriots fans aren't buying jerseys anymore. You know, it's been kind Save of... Save it for the new draft pick. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah you're kind of out on the, uh, you know, those Mac Jones jerseys just might not be lasting as long as people <laughs> Got to get hoped. rid of that inventory. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it, markdowns are steep these days. And, uh, you know, you've got non-store retailers, so online up 0.2% for the month, food service and drinking places up 03 So it, it seems to me... It's really the pullback on spending around housing, which makes sense because buying and renovating houses has gotten more expensive. Certainly. The Home Depot, I believe it was the CEO, had mentioned in their earnings report that if consumers were previously inclined to do a renovation, now what they're doing is more just the bare minimum to sort of keep their place intact, maybe some painting and minor things rather than this big overhaul of doing a massive renovation. They've seen those big projects sort of tick down and just more of the smaller stuff being done. And that really jives well with the increase in interest rates. Typically, if you're doing a renovation, you might tap into a home equity line of credit. Those rates are to the point where you'd probably second guess doing that and maybe just go ahead and do just what you need to get by. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Target, if, if you want to, Paul. I, I'd love to. Yes, what we saw here, Chuck, is they beat significantly on their earnings on the most recent quarter. The stock is really surging up significantly today. I believe it was up over upwards of 15%. 17%. At 17% at the moment. Now, to be fair, the stock was down 26% going into today's trading, so that's still down you know, significantly on the year. Some of the improvement that we saw at a target from this quarter is their inventory levers, a better management of inventory. That was a huge issue. Pandemic and post-pandemic having what they needed on site, that really led to a boost in profitability on the earnings per share metric. But again, Target sort of mentioning some of these other trends that Home Depot had mentioned too, that they perhaps see a slowing down. What really kept up the earnings for this prior quarter here was food and beauty items, some of these recurring purchases and less the big ticket items that we were mentioning before. Yeah, and, and as, as you noted, I think the story here is that Target was priced for a, a more severe downturn, mm-hmm. and, and this gets at something we talk about a lot, which is the, the expectations game heading into earnings. You know, The stock in particular, it was pretty much flat through May of this year, 
and then fell that you know 23 25% in the last 6 months so it was you know kind of this bad news story over and over and just showing a little stability here obviously it it, it speaks to the fact that the stock had sold off so significantly so it certainly again if you look at compares, comparable store sales mm. They were still down 4.9% compared to the prior year. So this is not a, hey, everything's all good. Because remember, comparable store sales give you the number nominally. Inflation's been running 3 to 4% over the last year. So that means in real terms, you're down like 8 9% in real terms. Overall, I think this is something that companies are still trying to, you know, figure out and work through in the retail space, which is, how do we get people buying our stuff in during a time period where their budgets are now stretched? And it might just be, as as Targets talked about, yeah, getting slimmer on the inventory and, and you know really not caring as much there. And, and that's how you can improve profitability, even if the overall sales picture is still not great. It'll be interesting to see what we get out of the holiday season spend here. It's supposed to be much more mellow than some of the prior years that we've seen. So it'll be interesting to see Target and other retailers out there, how they fare for this uh, holiday season coming up over the next couple of weeks here. What are you buying for Christmas? Oh, geez. Uh, gift, spa gift card for the wife is going to be purchased in the next day or so. I saw there was a deal on that. She doesn't listen, huh? No, no chance. No, no. <laughs> no chance. She's got okay. two kids to deal with. She doesn't have time, and she's certainly not listening on replay here. But uh, – other than that, she handles the kids' side of things. How about you? Well, that's what I was going to ask. What'd you get me? <laughs> my my presence, the joy that I bring every time we we step on the air together, which is always wonderful. A joke book, <laughs> always wonderful. No, I, I so I I can't take uh, I I I'm, I have a couple in laws who do listen, so I I can't reveal for. Yep. At risk of uh, spoiling, you know, spoiling it. So how about I, the kids? I, I know that they're they're not listening yet. Well, no, I'm I'm still trying to figure out what they want at this point. They won't tell me, so it's uh, I, I keep telling them, look, Santa needs to know in advance, you know, what to what to be able to bring you. And unfortunately, I I don't have any good answers. Last year, it was a teddy bear and a dress. So we'll see what what this year ends up being. We need to declutter our existing family room to get ahead of the uh, the gifts coming our way for all the grandparents and things like that because it just is getting too chaotic. Well, it's also a great out. time to uh, to donate to uh, you know different uh, toy organizations yep. that are trying to provide gifts for uh, families who, who you know can't for themselves. Love that so idea. it's uh, it's a great time of year to be making those donations to uh, get some gifts to kids who really need them. Yes. Let's take a Actually, quick... Chuck, uh, let's not go to break just yet. Okay, well, That's why? That's some tech stuff going on. Oh, what's... I what... will let you know when we can break, okay? So let's just continue. The show so goes just... on. So I have to keep talking. Yes, <laughs> please keep talking. Oh, no, what are we going to do? Okay, Xi Jinping. <laughs> he and President Biden are set to meet on the sidelines of the APEC summit this afternoon. I, I think expectations are fairly muted for this which means that if anything meaningful does come out of it i think you've got the potential for a positive surprise to markets but as i've been saying for the last week or so i'm not really sure that the things the u.s would want in any kind of improved relations are the things that china is necessarily willing to give with the caveat being that this is probably the weakest bargaining position that china has been in Mm. in decades because of how bad their economy is and maybe they're willing to bend on some things 
the question being, do you get the the follow up enforcement and actual follow through on any any anything that happens in the aftermath? No, these meetings typically much ado about nothing. But Usually, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see if anything really comes out of the the meeting between the two of them, as you pointed to, and we'll cover in a, in another piece. China's economy has just been in a really weak position, so it does leave them in a place where you'd feel like it would be. Not likely that they'd want to worsen the relations with the United States. We've seen foreign investment decline significantly in China, and just ruffling any geopolitical feathers is not something you think they would want to be doing, but obviously you never know what steps that they're going to take, and we'll see what comes out of this meeting. Let's now take that break that we wanted to take. When we come back, we will have trivia, and then we'll talk about how America can get its debt back under control. Text us at 617-362-1385 with your comments and questions about today's show. And let us know what you think about the stories we are covering. This is the Financial Exchange Radio Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Find daily interviews and full shows of the Financial Exchange on our YouTube page. Get caught up on anything and everything you might have missed. This is the Financial Exchange Radio Network. Let's do a, bit, do a little bit of trivia here on the Financial Exchange, and it's brought to you by Applebee's. Choose from a variety of half-priced late-night appetizers after 9 p.m., including half-priced boneless buffalo wings, half-priced spinach and artichoke dip, and half-priced warm pretzels dipped in beer cheese. Gather friends any day of the week at Applebee's and say hello to half-priced appetizers served late night because half-off is just more fun. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood void where prohibited dine-in only. Well, one month from today, Wonka, starring Timothy Chalamet as Willy Wonka, hits theaters nationwide. Chalamet is the third actor to take on the role of Willy Wonka. Yesterday's trivia answer, Johnny Depp portrayed Wonka in 2005's Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Trivia question today, really easy one. Who played Willy Wonka in the 1971 film Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory? Be the 10th person today to text us at 617-362-1385 with the correct answer. And you'll win a Financial Exchange Show t-shirt and be registered to win a $100 gift card to Applebee's. Be sure to include the keyword Applebee's in your text and we'll give away that Applebee's gift card on Friday's show. 617-362-1385 and the 10th correct response will be our winner. See complete contest rules at financialexchangeshow.com. Paul, how can America get its debt back under control? I'll tell you what, Chuck. This piece here from Bloomberg, I disagree with the, some of the messes are, that are suggested here. To me, something needs to be done either on the spending cut side of things or the revenue side of things. The alternatives that you have there, increasing taxes or cutting from some of the budget. Very easier, much easier said than done when 70% of the budget is Medicare, Social Security, and military spend. But 
those are the things that need to occur. And to me, they're much more of a significant priority than what's proposed in this Bloomberg piece, which indicates we could grow our way out of this problem as an economy through GDP growth. What, what's, what's realistic here and what isn't? On their proposed methods of generating economic growth? Yes. To me, the pieces that are mentioned here in this piece by Bloomberg AI is one of them that that could add, according to a McKenzie estimate, 0.6% annually to GDP. To me, AI, we've talked about extensively on the show, particularly through the last spring and summer as it powered a lot of the market growth that we saw. It's such in a early adoption phase, maybe not even adoption yet, that the idea that over the next decade in which they're proposing a sustained four and a quarter percent economic growth would bring our debt to GDP ratio down to 97% versus where it stands today. That is a significant amount of optimism and I feel overreaching on the impact that AI could have if you're going to put it on the next decade. It could take a decade before we really even see significant impact from it, let alone adding over a half percent to GDP. So I push back there. Energy sector is another one where they're claiming that uh, if they're able to loosen some of the regulations, that a transition to clean energy and, and some of these other components here would add some additional growth. Again, you have pushback there. I, I just don't feel as if that would be accretive enough to GDP. Those are really the two core components here, coupled with the spending decrease and the increase on taxes anything else to add when, when looking at this i i think that the big thing that we have to remember on this is there's an there's an impulse to try to like get this squared away right away but in doing so you may actually cause more problems and mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is I, I firmly believe that the overall level of debt that the U.S. has right now is, is too high. But you can't simply address it in a day, a year, e even five years, just because the, the path it's taken to get here, quite honestly, it, it's been kind of a 40-year path since the early 1980s. It, it, this, this problem was not built up overnight. It's, it's been something that has been ongoing for a while. If, if you look back to 1982... Federal deficit as a percentage of GDP was 34%. Wow. By 2000, it was up to 55%. By 2010, it was up to 89%. And we sit here today where the, the overall amount of debt, again, this is, you know, the, the total ratio of debt to GDP is about 120%. You're not going to be able to fix this overnight because let's just say hypothetically that you said, you got really extreme with it. You said, look, let's let's not spend any federal money at all and let's keep taxes where they are. Well, ultimately, you're going to end up raising like almost no money because the economy goes into a tailspin the second you suck, you know, mm. $3 trillion out of it. Mm -hmm. So your tax revenue just absolutely plummets. On top of it, you still have all that outstanding debt. It's it's not the debt this year that's that's the problem specifically. Yes, that's part of it, but it's all this debt that's accumulated over multiple years so you need to figure out how to deal with this in such a way that you can reduce that debt to gdp ratio while not blowing up the economy in the process right that's because if you either raise taxes tremendously or if you get rid of all the federal spending you'll put the economy in you, you've got a real economic problem then right 
I'm not saying that you shouldn't make adjustments and, and course correct here by doing some things to do so gradually where you say, okay, yes, this is the spending that we need to cut and these are the taxes that we're okay seeing go a little bit higher. But ultimately, it's going to require some sacrifice on both those sides. I, I don't think you can just grow your way out of this. Couldn't agree with you more. It's a, it's a gradual process, but better to start some of those tweaks on the margins sooner than later. Very skeptical if we do see that, but it's action that does need to happen. At least some minor changes. Let's take a quick break here, but when we return couple stories I want to touch on. Toyota is, uh, or rather did unveil their redesigned Toyota Camry that will be launching next year. So we'll talk about what that means. And then, porch theft. Are porches being stolen? No, it's the stuff on them. We'll talk about that when we return. Bringing the latest financial news straight to your radio every day. It's the Financial Exchange on the Financial Exchange Radio Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For your chance to win our daily trivia contest, text us at 617-362-1385. Complete rules are available at FinancialExchangeShow.com. This is the Financial Exchange Radio Network. Who played Willy Wonka in the 71 film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the OG, if you will? That would be Gene Wilder, obviously. Before Wilder was cast as Wonka, the role was sought after by comedy legend Peter Sellers and even the entire cast of Monty Python expressed interest in the part. Wilder eventually won the role after auditioning for producers at the Plaza Hotel in New York. Winner today of the Financial Exchange Show t-shirt... Tom from Spencer, Mass. And Tom's also registered to win a $100 gift card to Applebee's, which we'll give away on Friday's show. And trivia is brought to you by Applebee's. Choose from a variety of half-price late-night appetizers after 9 p.m. because half-off is just more fun. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Void where prohibited. Dine-in only. Toyota announced yesterday that they are going to be unveiling, or rather they did unveil their new Toyota Camry for 2025. It's a completely redesigned model. And they are going fully hybrid with this. They are not offering a gas engine only. It's going to be hybrid vehicles only, which I think is kind of doubling down on Toyota's strategy of, hey, we're not going towards just EVs because we don't think that's the market. But we do think that people really want better gas mileage, and so that is where they're heading with the Toyota Camry for next year. It, that's the biggest point that I had as a takeaway, Chuck, is that they have really come out, Toyota as a company, as their stance of being doubling down on the hybrid market versus all the other peers out there, Ford, GM, et cetera, that are spending billions of dollars to develop capacity to produce EVs. 
that make up, I believe, 6% of the new car market in the U.S., so still a long way to go, but under the premise that in the next decade it will become the prevalent purchase, Toyota has gone the other way and has not really invested any capabilities on just EV alone. It's all hybrid, so it will be interesting to see. There are going to be some winners and losers from this bet on EV Toyota staying away from it and focusing more on the hybrid side of things. It's worthy to note that uh, they sold about 2.9 million of these Toyota Camrys in 2022. That was significantly off from 7.2 million a decade prior that they were selling of the Toyota Camry. Well, that's so. That's uh, sales of sedans overall, not the Camry. Oh, sedans. Oh, the Camry sorry. itself sold, I think, about 300,000. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's a, oh, more speaking to consumer preferences yeah, on the ev- SUVs everyone, versus the sedan market. Yep. Everyone's moving that way. Look, if, if it were up to me, as as much of a loser as I would be, I love wagons. I, I think wagons are great because the, two benefits over SUVs, in my opinion, is first, they tend to be a little bit longer, so you actually get more cargo space in mm-hmm. them, especially behind that back row. Uh, the second piece is that because they are lower like you just don't have to build as much height in they tend to be lighter and have less air resistance so you get better mileage as well and and, and honestly i i say this to someone look i i just you know leased a subaru outback so it's kind of in that tweener like it's it's basically like a wagon that they put up on little baby stilts um but i i love wagons personally because i think they are what suvs want to be as far as the functionality goes but Again, this is personal preference. There are other people who are like, no, like I prefer the SUV because I'm up higher. And like, okay, that's fine. But I, I, if it were up to me, everyone who made sedans would still make wagons, and I'd be buying them left and well, not left and right because I I don't like buying cars. How many wagons do you need? It's it's funny you should ask that, Tucker. The answer is six. Oh, okay. The answer is six. But uh, no, it's I, I think wagons are just great personally, but I. I I realize I'm kind of in the minority and my viewpoints kind of there. I get that. If you're looking for an incredible vacation filled with sun, fun, and no need for a passport, look no further than the United States Virgin Islands. St. Croix, St. Thomas, and St. John were voted the number one vacation destination to visit this December, according to U.S. News & World Report. December is the start of dry season on the island, so you can expect perfect temperatures, beautiful beaches, a wide variety of water sports, world-class cuisine, and a vibrant nightlife. From the moment you arrive, you'll fall naturally in rhythm with the heartbeat of the islands. There's no money to exchange, and travel from New England could not be easier. Make your plans now before old man winter comes calling. Head to visitusvi.com, learn about all three islands, and plan the ideal vacation for you and your family. America's Caribbean paradise is waiting for you, so head to visitusvi.com for more information and to reserve your trip today. That's visitusvi.com. Paul, you ever been a victim of porch pirates? Yar, once or twice. Yar, walk uh, the porch, <laughs> but not <laughs> not that often because when I lived in the city, well, not the heart of the We're city. We're scouring but the Amazon for Amazon. <laughs> when I was more in the apartment living style, if I had any package that was of value, I would send it to my parents' house in suburbia rather than having it sent to my apartment because of that concern. So it was something that was top of mind that anything valuable was going to suburban location rather than 
an apartment because that is prevalent everywhere, porch theft in the city. Yeah, I when, when I was living back in Somerville, I had a few things that got taken off my porch that ultimately led to me basically shipping everything to the office just because... It was easier. Mm-hmm. Now, were they expensive items, or were they like just dumb, weird things that I like, can't remember like offhand. I mean, this was like ten years ago, so yeah. I, I can't tell you what was actually taken. Um, I, I really don't know, and I think in in all the cases, Amazon or the original seller ended up reshipping them because I was like, "Hey, this never got to me." Um, but I, I don't remember what it was, but it just became easier just to ship stuff to the office, yeah. which then resulted in like oh gee it's another package for chuck at the office and and so that was you know kind of a fun point in time for me but uh again the estimate 74 billion dollars in uh theft from porches is it's pretty significant and kind of sucks imagine amazon this has got to be one of their largest problems on the logistic network in general i just imagine it and they had reached a point where they were just sort of resending, Chuck, to your point, than rather investigating any issues with the delivery. They just said, you know, screw it. We'll just send it back out because they didn't even want to take the time to try and figure out what happened to some of these packages. It's just something that I don't know if there is a, a perfect solution for it. You know, they mentioned this piece here, tracking updates and security cams and things like that. But I, I don't know if those are going to fully resolve the issue. They've been talking about kiosk sort of structure where you could lock up some goods but i just don't think that it's something you can implement in every single city to have those lock boxes and things like that yeah let's uh look at the security cam footage to uh see who stole my potato well, peeler <laughs> exactly and then what are you gonna do you they really gonna make this a high crime priority to be studying your no, ring this, doorbell footage for this, your you know diapers yeah th- this is where i think you can get more creative with punishments you okay. get caught stealing something off someone's porch, you get handcuffed to the porch for a night. <laughs> I don't want that guy on my porch. I, okay, fine. You put him on a different porch. Like, I, whatever. I don't a care. A porch to be named later. Yeah, a porch to be named later. <laughs> fine. But, you know, like, because, yeah, look, this is not someone that, if someone is stealing, again, a potato peeler off the doorstep, it's also not someone that you don't want to be throwing someone in jail for years because of that either. Like, think about all that you spend just doing that. So I want to see like, the footage of him opening the package and discovering it's just like a peeler. Be like, ah, right. oh, man. Well, th- this d- did also... Oh, got a peeler. The other thing that I know people got creative with was, uh, you know, putting the decoy packages out on their porches. Yeah. Yep. Where it's, you know, like Confetti. you have the glitter bombs where, like, someone opens right. it and it's just glitter goes all over them. Um, so those are the kinds of things that... I don't know. I think you can get creative with that as well, just decoy packages. But, again, it's, it's a whole bunch of effort because most of the stuff that gets taken, it's like a lot of low-value items. Yes. Yes. You, it, like, there's no correlation between package size and the value <laughs> of said item. I'm just picturing the burglar saying, oh, we got a big one. It's just, you know, my pack of Huggies diapers, you know, several boxes of those. Put hey, into that's real money. <laughs> hey, yeah, I mean. That's true. But good luck with the resale. Enjoy my if pack of toothbrushes. <laughs> right? Or, like, you got the little ones. Like, oh, there's nothing. No, it's like a $30,000 watch that someone bought. You know, Jewelry that for they someone. Sh- right. Exactly. So it's I, – I, I don't really know how you deal with this problem in a realistic way, quite honestly. My HDMI splitter. That was $21. Have fun. Hey, I could use one of those. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> 
Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, it's Stack Roulette. Missed one of our shows? Catch up anytime by asking your Alexa smart speaker to play the Financial Exchange. This is the Financial Exchange Radio Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you missed any of today's show, catch up whenever you want on our YouTube page. Find daily show segments and full shows. Just go to YouTube.com and search for The Financial Exchange. This is your home for breaking business and financial news. This is The Financial Exchange Radio Network. The Financial Exchange is a proud partner of the Disabled American Veterans Department of Massachusetts, and we want to thank all of you who came out over the weekend for this year's DAV 5K. The event, the event was an incredible success and a terrific tribute to our great American heroes. If you weren't able to attend but would still like to make a donation, visit DAV5K.Boston for all the information. That's DAV5K.Boston. The DAV5K Boston was presented by Veterans Development Corporation. Paul, what do you have for me for Stack Roulette? Senate bill could enable the Revolution Stadium in Everett at last. There was a measure that took a big step forward on Monday that would finally enable the Kraft Group to build a 25,000-seat soccer stadium for the New, York, New England Revolution along the Mystic River in Everett. It was basically it's set to be built in a disposed, uh, shuttered power plant, and they opened up 43 acres to potential development. It would be... Certainly a great boost for Everett to have something in the city right across from the Encore Casino, really building up that area, Chuck. And someone who's a soccer fan getting out to Foxborough is a bit of a pain in the neck. It would be nice to have a, a city option to go and catch a game. I understand they rank much lower than our major four Boston franchises on the must-see, but uh, nice to have it more locally in the city rather than out in Foxborough. I think if you had a soccer stadium anywhere you know in that you know what basically from revere down to you know dorchester like put it anywhere in that area i think that you would see attendance and interest through the roof yeah because this would attract non-soccer fans people would just do this it for, would, a night for out, an event yeah. yeah totally totally the, the the other thing that is a huge help in terms of this is Again, look at the populations in those towns in particular. You have a ton of populations that are from countries that are huge soccer fans to right. begin with. Right. I mean, think about the, just the boost that you get from something like that. This is, I think, potentially huge, and I would love to be able to go to a, a few soccer games a year as someone who's a huge fan of the sport, but getting to Gillette for a soccer game yeah, is just it. a pain. I'm not mm -hmm. going. I'm not like I have like people who would give me free tickets. Like I know people like would be like, hey, anytime you want to go, just shoot, you know, shoot me a note or whatever. And I'm not do I'm not going. I'm not going all the way to Gillette for that. Sorry. It would be much more fun to structure a day where you're heading to the city, you know, grab a bite and then head over to the stadium. 
within Boston rather than heading out yeah. to Foxborough. As much as they've tried to build up Patriot Place, there's just well, something to be said about going to the city and, for it. And the thing, uh, when's the last time either of you went to a Revolution game? Never. Ten, I've never been. Ten years. You've never been to one? No. Ten, I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not going to Gillette Stadium for a soccer game. I'm sorry. I'm it's not. A, it's... I'm as not much as going. I've, as much as I've poo-pooed it, it's at least a more laid-back experience to visit Gillette. I've, I've been to one or two games, and it's a fine take. I'm sure it is. I'm not going. You, it's not the parking lot that you're dealing with when you're dealing with the Patriots game. It's obviously a whole lesser animal. But it's it's not a great environment because the There's, whole top of the stadium is yes, closed off. right. There's so it's, many empty seats. It's like, okay, the, the whole top is empty, and even below, it's still too big. If you could get something that's appropriately sized – in a location that is better to get to, oh my goodness! I, like, just look at the teams that have actually built new stadiums, even existing teams that have built new ones in recent years, and what it's done to their attendance and, and the the viewership. It would be absolutely huge, in my opinion. I didn't realize that Gillette is sixty six thousand for capacity. Yeah, twenty five would feel much more intimate for a soccer setting where you're never going to get the type of attendance that you would for a football game. But I agree with you; that would make it feel a better experience to have it sized appropriately at twenty five versus sixty six. Yeah, I, I think it would be absolutely fantastic. So I'm I'm hopeful that something gets moving on this front, but. Uh, I've been Charlie Brown a number of times mm. on this, so it's uh, you know we'll see, we'll see what happens. Wall Street Journal has its list of the best and worst airports out for the year, and in terms of the best airports for 2023, according to the Wall Street Journal airport rankings, Phoenix Sky Harbor International, you got Minneapolis, LAX, Atlanta, and Detroit. Rounding out the top five here, uh, kind of unusual given that you know Atlanta and Detroit have historically been just a mess at various points in their existence, but grading out very strongly. Boston, Logan, grades out as the 10th <laughs> best airport. It gets penalized quite a bit for reliability, not unexpected given the weather. Sure. But it uh, picks up some points for value and convenience in particular when you look at where it ranks well. Uh, security clearance, the speed of getting through security is the second fastest out of any airport uh, that it uh, that was was graded hmm. here. And the car rental rating came in fifth out of any rare airport. Airline market share came in fifth as well, places where it lagged. And again, this is just looking at large airports, so you're, you're, you're talking there's like 20 that hit that category. Where it graded poorly, uh, the shopping's bad. Not many stations to fill up your water bottle. I guess that's part of it. Uh, child facilities are bad. Bars and restaurants are expensive. The bathrooms that's are true. not great. The taxi and ride sharing is kind of a pain. On-site parking grades out poorly. Airport layout grades out poorly. Who was the longest for check-in time? I'm trying to find that here that were slow on security. Uh, let's see. Well, Newark was 20th 18th. overall. Okay. So Newark's bad. JFK is probably up there. No, no, JFK actually was rather, rather okay. Uh, let's see. I'm, I, I don't know who the slowest hmm. is. Atlanta, massive airport. So the them to be as highly rated as they are means they're quite efficient the way that they do it because it's just huge to walk through a huge. Yeah, the problem you run into Atlanta is the same as you run into at either O'Hare or Newark, which is you land and it's like, oh, my flight's two miles that way. <laughs> Got to run. Yeah. 
<laughs> really tough for those layover spots. And, and that's a big destination to have a layover out of. I guess I don't fly enough anymore to really have a huge way in on Boston. I, I go so seldom that uh, to me, I never really had huge problems with it. I would agree that food and drink always expensive, but I feel like that's the case it's for case many, yeah, many airports out there. Yeah. Taking a look at markets, we got the Dow up 93 points. The S&P is up 9. The NASDAQ up 26 currently. So markets off their highs, but still up about a quarter percent today. Ten-year U.S. Treasury is, again, selling off, giving back some of the ground it made up yesterday, up 11 basis points. That's probably contributing to a little bit of the, uh, the, the not sell-off, but the giving back of gains in equities today. And I guess we'll just see where things end up. Tomorrow, more economic data coming out, including weekly economic claims and continuing claims. We've also got more earnings with Cisco, TJX. I'm sorry, no, that was today. Tomorrow we got Walmart and Applied Materials. Those are the two big names reporting tomorrow. We're done for the day. Back at it tomorrow on the Financial Exchange. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.